Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're tuned in to our nationwide search for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio from Tempe, Arizona, we have Rick Elmore with Simply Noted. Rick, welcome to the show, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, we absolutely love getting entrepreneurs like you with such an interesting story on the show. And I kind of nerd out when it comes to new technologies and technologies that are developing. And this is something that I think people have encountered before, something that they've had mailed to them before, and they probably just never realized it because to them, it tricked their brain enough that they were like, you know, is this real? Is it not? Was it actually handwritten or printed? Um, So I want to hop straight into it and get into all of that. But we always have to start out with an icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question is, would you rather stay at a hotel or an Airbnb? Hotel, 100%. <laughs> hotel, okay. Yeah. Um, we have kids now. My wife would rather stay at Airbnb, but if I'm by myself, I'd rather stay in a hotel. Um, just the amenities and somebody comes in, picks up, you know, it's just, I don't know, a hotel for sure. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's that's not something I thought of. My first instinct was Airbnb, and it's the same way I've got kids. Um, so I love the fact that we can spread out at an Airbnb. And kind of say, hey, go to your room, get out of my hair, you know, leave me alone for a minute so we can breathe before we go do the next thing that we're going to do on, you know, whatever it is, vacation or just traveling. Uh, So that was my first thought was Airbnb. But you're right, man. There is something about having someone that comes in and picks up all the stuff and cleans everything up, you know, turns your bed down at night and all that. As as a family, I think an Airbnb makes more sense. You need a kitchen. You need more more uh, home stuff. You know. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, my background with all the traveling I've done, it's just it, it's nice to go stay at a nice hotel and have helpful people around and and who are waiting on you. You know, trying to help you have a good experience. Yeah, I found that a few times where we go to a beach. You know, we'll we'll use like uh, I don't know. Do you pronounce it verbo? Or is it VRBO? I don't know which one it's supposed to be. I'm VR. I'm VRBO. I hate Verbo. I'm I'm a VRBO. <laughs> that makes more sense to me. See, that's yeah. how I say it is VRBO. Um, so I've used that to get a beach house every now and then, and it is. You're right. There's a whole list of things you have to do at the end of your vacation. You know, take the sheets yeah. off the bed, start the washer. No, thank Make you. sure you pick up all your trash and all this stuff. And it's like at a hotel, you just you leave it as it is, and they handle all of that for you. But I, I just like the the room being able to spread out and have more than, you know, what, four or five hundred square feet on a nice yeah. <laughs> hotel room. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think I would change my answer now to kind of match that of if I'm traveling alone, definitely hotel. Uh, it's nice to have that hotel bar right downstairs, too. And, you know, you can just kind of get what you want to get. Go swimming, hit the gym, yep, whatever. Exactly. I yep, like everything's it. Everything's there. Awesome, man. Well, we're here to talk about 
you. So let's just start out with your origin story. Where'd you come from and how did you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So uh, my background's in athletics. I played uh, college and professional football. I went to the University of Arizona, um, the Wildcats down in, in Tucson. Played for Mike and Mark Stoops, you know, the kind of the defensive minded gurus from 2006 to 2010. Was very fortunate, um, and I'm not a I'm not a very athletically gifted guy. I mean, I I'm I'm athletic, but I'm not like you know crazy you know super athlete. I was always like a hard work, outwork everybody type of guy, and I had a really good career at U of A. Um, I was a three year starter under Mike Stoops, which you know that guy always produces really good defensive talent, and I led the Pac-10 back then in multiple stat categories, including sacks, which was an incredible like hard stat to get. Um, got to live out my childhood dream, went to the NFL, was drafted in 2011, played for three years. Thought I was going to play until I was 30 and really just have all this money and retire and open a gym. That was like the original idea when I was like, you know, writing my, you know, like my life plan as an 18 year old going into college. But, you know, that didn't work out. And, you know, most plans don't. You just got to adapt and, and move on. I uh, got into medical device sales. Uh, right out of being in the NFL, which is striker for two years, um, basically just applied everything that I learned as an athlete, all the intangibles, you know, hard work, desire, perseverance, strength, you know, competition and learned everything else on the job, you know, how to sell, you know, how to close and uh, had a really good career at striker. First year was rookie of the year um, or branch MVP. You know, I guess they like give you like out, like, I don't know, maybe it was just like a whatever award, but the next five years, I was um, either top 1% or top five sales rep in both of the companies I worked at, Stryker and Strauman. You know, and it really just came down to everything that made me successful as an athlete. I literally just outworked everybody. I was willing to do stuff that other people weren't willing to do. Um, you know, I had all that experience of, of performing under pressure, which really helped out. And uh there's just something missing, um, you know, about six years into my, my sales career, there was just an itch I could not scratch. And um, back then my wife was like, well, you got to try something new. And I always wanted to get my MBA. So I went back and did my MBA in 2017. And that's really where my life changed. Um, about a year into my program, you know, I was in a marketing class and I had a professor um, talking about all the success rates in marketing. Everything was super nominal. Like everything was crap. Like it was like 9%, 14%, you know, email, digital, like, you know, whatever, cold calling, everything, even like some direct mail. And it, we had three hour classes. And at the end of this three hour long session, like he jokingly says, and this is like what changed my life. And this is like why you always gotta be paying attention. Keep your ears and eyes open. He says, hey guys, you know what works more you know, what works better now than if not ever is a good old fashioned handwritten note. They're rare. Nobody's doing it anymore. And they're open almost 100% of the time. They're open 99% of the time. And me being in sales, I was just like, man, if I can get in front of my client 99% of the time, that's going to make me more successful. So, I mean, that's really, you know, where the entrepreneurial light bulb went off. And there's a lot more that happened after that. But yeah, you know, really just started out as an athlete, kept pushing, you know, made a transition into sales and then went back and then eventually made a transition into entrepreneurship. So what does that look like whenever you hear this piece of advice or, or not even piece of advice, but this statistic 
that triggers that idea in the back of your mind, how do you turn that into a reality from that idea process? Well, I think that's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be a different piece of information that's going to resonate with each person individually. Um, why that made more a lot of sense to me was I always valued a handwritten note. Um, I grew up without a cell phone. I think I got my first cell phone at 16 or 17 years old, and it was one of those crappy T9 flip phones, you know? And uh, all they were really good was good for was for texting. I don't know if you remember texting. Like if you were gonna hit like C, you had to hit a, like what was it one or two like three times. Remember that you had to like da, 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 da. you remember how like you had to do old school texting. Oh yeah, the T9. Yeah, yeah. But um, I always sent my friend hand friends handwritten notes in, high, in like middle school and high school. I mean that was like a normal thing. And uh, the coaches who got me or the coaches who recruited me at a high school, and this was before social media, uh, like they would send me handwritten notes. And every time I got a handwritten note from a coach, I would literally show it off. I'd like show my friends like, look, Utah's head coach just sent me this handwritten note or USC's defensive line coach just sent me this handwritten note. And those people stood out. Um, also, when I left the, the 49ers in 2012, Jim Harbaugh sent me a handwritten note thanking me for my time there. And that's literally in my bookcase uh, in my office at home. Uh, it's literally a keepsake. So I understood the value. But um, once we had that idea, we, we had to test it to see if there was like any legs to, that, like with this idea. And uh, I bought a really crappy um, pen plotter um from china literally it was like 90 dollars. like I, I i put in, like literally i didn't want to spend a lot of money on this like i spent 90 bucks wood over there built this crappy pen plotter and it took us about six weeks to write 500 handwritten notes with this really bad machine but from those 500 handwritten notes um, i was actually going to send them to doctors in my sales territory that i didn't work with i was in dental sales at the time and we just had or i had a massive success rate from this um, out of the 500 and over about six weeks, I had about 30 doctors call me back. And these doctors were like, you know, on the phone saying, hey, Rick, like I got your handwritten note. This is cool. Like no one does this. Like this offer sounds good. Let's book a lunch and talk about it. Um, <laughs> it was just amazing. Like it, it worked so well. Uh, we had, I had two, I had a $50,000 uh, or $50,000 quota every month. I did $280,000 in sales in six weeks, 28 grand in commission. And my whole entire company was going nuts. They're like, Rick, what are you doing? Like, like we want to do it as well. And um, so, yeah, basically put my uh, corporate career on, on autopilot and started developing this, this company since then. Yeah. I mean, anybody who sees that kind of success is going to want to emulate it. And it's definitely something it's always resonated with me and it's not something that I heard in a college class. It's not something that I was taught, but it definitely always resonated with me just because personally, like you, I, I did the same thing. If it looked like a handwritten card, even if I had a high suspicion, it was spam, I was still going to open it just to see what was inside because it's like, well, I mean, it, it came this far and now it's piqued my interest that much. And I've done that several times. And I think the first time I ever saw a handwritten you know, card that was actually written by a robot or, you know, whatever y'all kind of coined that as in the market, it was someone who was wanting to buy my home, you know, and then I found out afterward that it wasn't someone who just wrote on this card, Hey, I was driving by and shoved this in your mailbox. I want to buy your house. It was this company that was using it to target 
certain areas to purchase homes as investment properties. And I had no clue. And I had that fight in my mind. I was like, okay, this is really pretty handwriting and it is super straight and it's just like right where it needs to be. But I can tell that it's actual ink and that it came off of, you know, something that resembles a pen. Um, so how did this happen? And then all of a sudden I got introduced into the market when I got into the marketing agency and I figured out real quick, oh yeah, you can just like everything else, use technology to, you know, send these, what feel like handwritten notes. And I mean, they are, um, just handwritten by a robot, you know, a machine. Um, but it, it does, it gives that appearance to your potential client or, um, you know, someone that you care about that you want to just kind of make feel a little bit more special than typing something up and sending it out. And, and I'm with you, man, I'm totally sentimental on that aspect of, I miss the old days of doing things a little bit different, you know, and, and handwriting a letter is something that doesn't really happen very often anymore. So if you can add that special touch, this is something that we do with one of our companies is we add that special touch where it's like, Hey, I could just send you a generic email that says, thank you for using OMG event co. And we hope to see you at your next event, or I can spend a few dollars and then, you know, just in a few minutes, I can send 10, 15, 20 of those letters out. And then I know within a week or so, they're going to get this note and they're going to feel so much more special that it's going to do what you and I have learned you have to do. You know, that old saying of it's not what someone, and of course, I'm going to mess it up whenever I'm on a podcast, but it's like, um, it's not what you make them think, it's how you make them feel. Yep. yep. It's like that, you it's know, when you they get that, how you make them feel. Yep. Yeah. You know, so it's like when there's a million trash spam letters coming in the mailbox and there's millions of emails coming every single year that are spam or selling you something or solicitations. It's like, if you can make them feel something because they go, wow, this was really cool. And they open that up, then they're going to remember you because you're going to trigger something in the back of their brain that's not triggered by all the other stuff. And that's not to say that the the mail marketing campaigns don't work and all that because, you know, as you said, of course, yeah, small percentages of them do and just like sales and cold calling, it's all about numbers because the more you send out, the higher of open rate you're going to get, not open rate, but the actual opens that you're going to get because that open rate is such a small percentage that it's like, hey, you know, you want to send out 200 of these, you know, emails and then get 10% of those people to open up that email and have hopefully two people call you back or do you want to send 2 million of them out. And you know, it's, it, to me this market is just kind of like that where it's like now if you only send out 200 of these cards, but you know that a solid 180 to 190 of them are going to open those cards, I don't have to as long as I can get in front of somebody, I can sell them on what I'm selling. It's just getting myself in front of them that becomes the struggle. So I think that's where a company like Simply Noted comes in. So once you realized that this was working for you, how did you kind of have that realization of, hey, this works for my company where I'm doing sales, but now I need to make it work for myself? Well, first off, I agree with you. Um, what you were just saying before, as a business owner and a marketer, like you got to leverage every different channel. Um, you got to kind of be omni-channel when it comes to your efforts in your sales and marketing outbound. Um, handwritten notes is not like the only thing you should be doing. You know, print mail was not the only thing. Social, paper, you know, pay-per-click SEO. I mean, 
successful businesses have a strategy for everything and how it works together. So um, I believe, you know, we're just another tool in the tool belt, but we're just an incredibly powerful tool that I believe every business. I mean, I believe it to my soul. If you tell me that you don't, there's no value in this service, I will just fully disagree with you. Like your competitor will use us. Like that's how I look at it. Like if you don't value a relationship with your client, unless you're doing a, a phenomenal job at managing the relationship with your clients, but nobody is. We're all Amazon's created a problem. Like AI's created a problem. Everybody needs something done yesterday, right? And we don't have time to go spend four hours with a relationship and sit down on a, every single client. We don't. So, you know, in 2023, in the AI and, and digital world we live in, you know, this is something that just cuts through the noise and is just, it just works. You know, just say thank you once a year. That's it. Send them a birthday card once a year. And, um, and it's going to pay dividends, you know, your, that leaky bucket syndrome that most people have in their businesses where they're just trying to constantly replace their clients. You're going to see that go away when you start making your clients feel appreciated. But anyways, yeah, you know, after, you know, after I saw this work for me, I just thought this wasn't going to be an invaluable business tool for other businesses. So we just got to work. Um, we started with, you know, pen plotters, which are, if anybody tells you that's a good product to use, it's a terrible product to use. Um, we've spent $850,000. We've literally invested $850,000 into building our only writing, the only world's only purposely built handwriting robot. And that was on purpose. Like, like Axie draw pen plotters are just, they're, they're toys. They, they have rubber cords on them. They have restricted softwares. They use third-party plugins. They're cheap. They require multiple computers to run multiple machines. They're just, they don't scale. Um, and then there was like an, another technology um, that is just so old and outdated that basically like, you know, those, those machines that presidents use to do their signatures. You know, we tried those for a while and we figured out those weren't going to scale. I'm not sure if you're still there. It looks like you're frozen. Are you there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, over the last five years, we've constantly, we've reinvested every dollar back into this business because we, we want to make sure if, if someone's going to use our service, they're getting the most genuine, you know, incredible product that we can deliver. And the only way to do that was to build our own handwriting robot. So we believe in the technology that we built. There's nothing like it. We've built the software. We've built the electric components. We've built the motherboards. We've built the mechanical part, the handwriting engine. Uh, just the handwriting engine itself cost over $100,000. I mean, it's we've really d dove into every part of this. You know, there's a lot of technology that goes into sending out a simple handwritten note. But um, what we're really trying to do is become like a platform, make it really easy for anybody to use us from wherever they want to use us. Right now, we do that either through our web app, so like our website, Zapier, you know, which is just a really cool automation tool. I mean, it's it's powerful, plugs into like five or 6,000 different softwares, so like your CRM, your payment platform. Yep. And then, um, you know, through, like if you have like a your own software and it's open source and you want to use our API, um, you know, application program interface, you know, you want to leverage our technology with, from within your, your app, you can do that as well. So we really try to make it easy to integrate and automate or scale it. So if, like if you want to have it as part of your, your, your marketing MarTech stack, you know, you want to have it a part of like the automation built in, hitting those key um, points within like the flow of that, that client's life cycle. Like that's great because we can automate it, but like also it's like a scaling is, is long, it's like mail merge. As long as you have the data within a spreadsheet, 
And that's why I was like, I was laughing earlier when you're talking about like these realtors who use it. Cause I see that order come, come across every day. Like, hi, Mr. Smith, we're interested in buying your house at one, two, three, four street or whatever. You know, I see that order come across like every day, but as long as the data's in a spreadsheet, you can literally send a million handwritten notes in two minutes and they're all custom personalized, real pen written. Um, and that's what we're just trying to do. I mean, if you want to send one, we, we still encourage you to sit down and do it. Like, you know, our website's there if you need help, you know, to send one, but we, we're trying to be a tool for businesses or a platform for businesses to make business more personal because at the end of the day, like relationships matter when it comes to business. Like if that client didn't pay their bill, you wouldn't get a paycheck. Like that's why like when, when, when people say like, oh, handwritten notes are worthless or they don't help at all. Like, you know, I'm just like, you know, like I literally like makes my skin crawl. I'm like, what are you doing to make your client feel appreciated? Probably nothing. Like, so uh, anyways, yeah, I, I just think we're trying to become like a platform for, for businesses to help them build really meaningful relationships with their clients. And that's the big thing too, is, you know, as far as the money that goes into uh, sending out these notes, first of all, if, if you know anything about the marketing game as a business owner, who's trying to hire a marketing agency, a good marketing agency is not cheap. So if you come to BP marketing and say, yeah, and it's definitely not quick. And, and if you come to us and say, Hey, I want to start reaching out on social media. I want to start sending email campaigns and set up something like active campaign or uh, MailChimp or whatever to kind of get those things going. And I want to send out, you know, all these different outbound lead strategies. You're right. It takes time. First of all, every industry is different. So to say that Simply Noted will work for every single industry, I think there's a high probability it will definitely have a good impact in every industry. However, I think it's going to work better in some industries than others. You know, I don't think that there's going to be just this, it's it's 100% effective everywhere all the time. It's like, hey, some industries would respond well to this and then others, it would go in the trash like everything else. And it's the same thing to me with every marketing aspect. It's like, some businesses, social media is great for some, it's not that great for, or those two campaigns may look vastly different for each market, depending on what they need, you know, and it's the same thing. It takes a comprehensive plan of multiple things coming together in order to make these things work. Like I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah. So where I think simply noted fits in well is the service-based relationship-based transactional type of industries. So like insurance, mortgage, real estate, nonprofit um political um e-commerce you know where people are basically paying for a service you know or relationships matter or there's you know where there's competition right where there's the there's choice when it comes to buying a product so you just want to make sure that they're making the right choice of working with you and how you do that is own that relationship i definitely much prefer again maybe i'm old school but i prefer all of my relationships, professional relationships have some type of relational component to it. You know, I, I don't, I don't like that super transactional, like Amazon, I will buy from Amazon because there are products that I need and I need them as you said yesterday, but at the same time, it still annoys the crap out of me when I have to use them versus someone who's local or someone that I have that established relationship with, you know, um, when I'm ordering like wholesale products for us to embroider or screen print, that kind of thing, I still like to go through my salesman, even though I can order everything online, 
I still like to talk to that salesman because there's things I can do with a salesman that I can't do online, you know, where I can say, Hey, I'm looking at these two different polos, but I want one that's going to be a little bit softer, you know, and I'm not so concerned about like the sport feel or breathability. I want it to be soft and comfortable and I can get his real perspective on, Hey man, do this route, do that route, because it's going to feel like you want, you know, and then financially they can help guide me on which one's going to be a better buy and, you know, things that online is just not going to do because it's black and white and it's a transaction. Put it in your cart, check out and get out of here, you know, and and that's what I love about Simply Noted is that there truly is. And I know it sounds like I'm just like fanboying out for you here and doing the ad for you type thing, but it takes all of my time that I would have to spend because I'm guilty. I will I will send one note out. I'll send one note out through the website because it's easier than getting a card from the store or having cards in stock already, writing it out, and then sealing it up, putting it in an envelope, addressing it, putting the stamp, dropping it off in the mailbox. It's like, hey, I'll pay the the few dollars to just go online, type in the information, put my template in, and hit send. And then that's it. I'm done. You know, or as you said too, it's nice when I can go into my CRM on the back end, export that data for 10, 15 customers, and then import it to the website, assign a template to it, and then it pulls all that data over for me and says, do you want to send these cards off? And yes, I do. It's uh, it, it just keeps that personal touch, that relational feel, and then adds in some nice automation services on the back end that are a whole lot faster and quicker for me. So what's the uh, now, I obviously have had the pleasure of being able to order a sample pack and use this technology before, but to that person who's listening right now, that's like, all right, I'm sold. I've got to try this out. What is the best way for them to see if you are a good fit for them as a client and then to kind of get that sample pack and everything and get started? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I highly recommend anybody listening to this just to go request a sample kit, if, even if you're remotely interested. Because what happens is we put this really nice, um, let's see if I have one of these here. We put this really nice um, sample kit together. I mean, we send you a really big, you know, eight and a half, whatever, nine by 13, whatever this is, kit with a bunch of information in it. You'll see writing samples. Um, stationary samples, paper samples, flyers, case studies, um, pricing, all that stuff. And you get a really good feel for it. And usually when you see it, and this is what happens, the clients, like the light bulb goes off for them. They're like, oh, this is how I want to use it. And then they'll call us even immediately or a few months later and say, hey, like I got your kit. This is the project we want help on. And then, you know, um, you know, we help them on it. But it's just a nice little, you know, you know, ace to have in your sleeve, you know, whenever you need it. Um, so I highly recommend anybody just go to the website, simplynoted.com and just go to our business page and there's a little fill form and just let us know where to ship it. And we'll send you that nice kit. It usually gets there in a few days. Um, yeah. And if not, you know, people connect me on LinkedIn as well. I usually try to get back, you know, I'm, I'm on there all day. I have definitely found myself using LinkedIn quite a bit more than I ever have before. That's for sure. Are you on any other social media platforms? No, I am. Uh, I, I mean, I use, I mean, I use, I guess, but I, I'm not active on anything else. You know, I'll use Reddit, Twitter, um, YouTube, but it's more like for content consuming, trying to stay ahead of trends, seeing what people are talking about. Um, because we're, we're in the information era, you know, everything is outdated you know, as soon as it is published, it's already outdated. Things are changing so quickly. And if you're not, you know, staying on top of these trends or new technologies, you're going to get left behind. And it's going to hurt your business. And 
I mean, I'm extremely competitive. Um, I mean, I, I would hate to compete against me because I am just the, my, yeah, <laughs> I am so driven to compete and, uh, and win that I'm willing to make huge sacrifices, um, to make sure whatever I can do to make myself better or business better, I'm going to do it. And one way you can do that is just, you know, go on and study, you know, what's going on out there. And um, that's what we've been doing and, and has helped us be successful in the first, you know, four or five years of our business. Heck yeah. Yeah. Do you have a social media team running any social media platforms for Simply Noted? So I, I leverage a bunch of VAs. So we're extremely lean here. Um, we're completely self-funded. Um, and that's another thing. Um, people wanting to be entrepreneurs, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. And I, I was completely ignorant into what I was getting myself into five years ago. You know, I started a software robotics and industrial automation company with a sales and marketing background with no funding. So um, <laughs> I've had to leverage consultants, coaches, and VAs um, to get as far as we have. And, um, you know, we've, we've done some offshore stuff, nearshore stuff. You know, my consultants are all here in Phoenix. So when I have big decisions, you know, there's, there are people here, you know, that I can go to, but usually we're leveraging some offshore help, you know, just cause it's more affordable. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, like staying ahead of trends and, and stuff like that and keeping track of what everybody else is doing and what's taken off in the world. You know, same thing. You have to leverage every single opportunity available to you to make it ahead in this world mm -hmm. in anything that you do, but especially entrepreneurship. It's like, it's now if more you can ever. find that cheaper labor somewhere. You, yeah, we see it all the time. I mean, that's why, you know, we even learn about it in school where it's like, yeah, the, the U.S. passes a law and it affects commerce in some way. And then you ship it overseas and find a way to get things done over there versus over here. I mean, like every decision that's made yep. financially is going to have an impact on that company. And you've got to do what's best for the company to not only survive, but to thrive. I was just talking about it with a friend today where, uh, you know, he runs a nonprofit and that's what I was like. I can't stand the people who are running nonprofits that are taking large salaries early in the nonprofits life. And it's like, that's the, the nonprofit in the business, the for-profit business. Yeah. They have the same growth cycle. Everything about them is the same except their tax status. So it's yeah. like in the early years when you're making $180,000 or $200,000 a year, if you want to get it to $2 million, you can't take an $80,000 salary. No. <laughs> You're robbing from the company's blood. Yeah. It was really funny. Early on, like two, in, like about two years in our company, I had somebody who was like, he was really, really wanted to come work at Simply Note and be like a co-founder and, and like he wanted to come and like help. And I went and met with them. And the first red flag was I met with him at his, uh, what was it? his day club like it's like a golf club i mean what what do you call those like you know those just like a stuff. clubhouse yeah and i walk you know i, I park there in my sh crappy you know equinox it's like 13 grand all the cars there are like you know 100 200 cars yeah we're having lunch at like one o'clock you know he's w whatever and we get down you know at the, in, into the lunch and he's like i'm all in i want to do this let's go like you know but you know i need to talk to you about this like you know, I have a, you know, a, a lifestyle club lifestyle, you know, and I was just like, uh, what does that mean? He's like, I'm going to need, you know, at least like 250, $300,000 a year. I was just like, <laughs> just yeah. like 
<laughs> like, dude, you don't understand startups. Like, this is blood, sweat, tears, tons of sweat equity. You know, like, you're not going to make a lot of money. And in, 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 I mean, that's it's a huge chance you'll make a lot of money, like on the back end, you know, on the front end, you're making nothing because you're putting it all right. back into the business to make the business better. I, I always love Elon Musk's. Um, his analogy for businesses it's like a baby you know like your business is your baby you're going to give everything to your baby right you're going to make sure they have clothes before you you're going to make sure they have food before you you're going to make sure they're taken care of before you and you come last right and that's how i've treated simply noted i i am that last person here that gets taken care of everybody else gets taken care of first because everybody else is taking care of this business and without them this business would not grow or thrive so yeah i think anybody who's thinking about starting a business or who's a couple of years into the business and they're struggling it's like well take a look at how you're dealing with your money and how you're prioritizing you know your spending and are you pushing the envelope are you striving to get better <laughs> like because that's the only way the only way you're going to give you know get better is be uncomfortable constantly push the envelope you know, push innovation, make your product better, you know, spend more money on sales and marketing. Like that's the only way you're going to grow your business. Yeah. I mean, again, man, I know obviously like some of the worst interviews in the world are those that just agree and agree and agree together. It's like, let's have some debate here and some opposing thoughts, but you can't win that thought process is so right. I mean, it's, it's that whole leadership mentality of trying to remember who wrote the book. I just read the book, but it's leaders eat last. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I have kind of, you know, cause I, I'm a full-time firefighter and then with OMG event co it's our startup and it is not making us any money. And I take $0 at the end of the year, even if there is a profit from it, which there was a small profit last year. Um, it is not something that we want to take from. We just want to grow it. You know, we make mm -hmm. our living based off of, I have a full-time job and then a part-time job, which is full-time as well, working for beefy marketing. and that's what it's all about, man. It's just sacrificing and spending my time away doing what I have to do to make ends meet until I yeah. can get to the point that that business has finally flourished. Yeah, I think that's what the short-sighted people don't see that. They're like, oh, we made 40 grand. I need the 40 grand, right? It's like, I'd rather spend that 40 grand on SEO and ads and or improving a product to make us better. So next year we profit 150 grand you know so i think it all goes back to that earlier conversation we had about everyone in this society wanting everything yesterday and it's that same thing it's like hey if i made 40 grand then let me take that forty thousand because i made it and then i know i'm going to get that next 40k next year and it's like hey from my mentality it's sacrifice now eat ramen noodles and you know get rid of my harley davidson uh, and all that stuff so that I can make ends meet until the point that I can have a couple Harleys if I want to. That's the end yeah. goal, you know? Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Is there anything else we can throw out there for our listeners to, uh, connect with your company and, and, you know, something you need them to know about as far as simply noted is concerned. I would just go, you know, if you, even if you don't want to request a sample kit, go to our website and look at the video tab and just look at how amazing this technology is. You know, we've recently posted some videos. Um, highlighting, you know, really the innovation because Simply Note is the only company that's truly innovated in this niche. There are a few players and there's some fly-by-night companies that literally just try to win on price, but they go out of business every 12 to 18 months. Like they literally just use pen plotters, the, pr the production's slow, the quality's bad, um, and then they're out of business because they're making no money. 
So um, I would say just go learn about the technology. It is so cool what we've done here, um, the innovation, the technology behind it. And just go look at the videos. And if you are remotely interested, request a sample kit. And then I'm telling you, within three to six months, you'll, you'll give us a call for a project because something will come up you know, for you know, client appreciation day, uh, or no, employee appreciation day is coming up, you know, on Friday, right? Then there's client appreciation day in April, right? Then there's the holidays and birthdays and anniversaries, or even prospecting campaigns like I did, you know, six years ago when I was, you know, looking into this in 2017, like a handwritten note is should just be an, an additional tool within your, your toolbox for sales and marketing. It's not the only thing you should use, but it's something that should be in there, you know, when you're ready to use it. So I just, we want to help you do it. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your personal story, talking about Simply Noted. Like I said, it's definitely an episode I've been looking forward to recording. So it's truly been my pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. We can't thank you enough for supporting our entrepreneurs that come on this show every single week. And we know we've got one of the best fan bases out there. So I know you're heading over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com and filling out all of those questions or contact forms, anything that you want me to bring up on the show, anything you want to know about the show, uh, future guests that you want to see on here, make sure that you're connecting with us and getting us that information because we absolutely listen to it every single time and we will incorporate it into our show. So thank you for coming back every single week. And until the next one, Stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. 